I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Specters, I almost said adventurers. I, I say adventurers on the Elder Scrolls lore cast. I yell, adventurers, welcome. And on this show, I say, specters, welcome. I almost called you all adventurers, but I suppose you are adventuring out there in the galaxy. Welcome back to the Mass Effect lore cast. Today, we have an episode about the Lazarus Project, and I'm your host, Tom of Robots. This is N7 The Legend. Sam, are you ready to talk about resurrection? Yeah, and after the week that I've had, I think I could go for some, too. Some, uh, some resurrection, so. too. I love... Okay, so first of all, to start off, this is going to be a quick and dirty little kind of episode, I, I feel like. Like, there's only so much information we know about the Lazarus Project. Uh, last week, we had kind of this big, long, really deep and interesting episode. We're going to see where this one goes. Uh, first thing I wanted to point, off the, point, point out, though, is do you know who the Lazarus Project is named after? The uh, uh, Bethany of Lazarus, correct? Or Beth- Lazarus of Bethany. <laughs> In the Bible, right? The biblical Lazarus, yes. right? right? <laughs> That's um, the week I've had. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And and uh, one of the things I, you know, everybody seems to remember him for being the guy that was brought back to life by uh, Jesus the Christ. But uh, nobody ever talks about how he was a good cook and a snappy dresser, which is or unfortunate. Or his platinum selling records. Yeah, he was, he like, he was a happening dude. Like he was the most popular guy in that little village. He was the football team captain. <laughs> he was also the football team captain. And uh, he was really good at crochet. He had a good friend named uh, Judas Wilson, who uh, actually turned out to be quite a not good friend. Betrayed him in the end. It's strange that a different Judas also had something to do with betrayal. Before that, he and Judas and another guy named Jimmy and another guy named... <laughs> Gunther were in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> Fucking Gunther. Little He's known facts. <laughs> cool guy, but didn't last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't last. Uh, okay, so now that we've gotten that out of our system, maybe we should actually talk about like real things having to do with yeah. like real lore about Mass Effect. Yeah, let's do it. You know, you <laughs> you had started the episode saying adventurers, and it got me to thinking just totally aside it would be so cool if in the next mass effect we can choose like a class system a la elders old elder scrolls you know what i mean make yeah. your own class and name it yeah um, i mean even if you okay so even if you were let's say they bring shepherd back let's say shepherd is the playable character and there's a lot of debate as to if that's going to be the case or not or if people even want it or they don't regardless of all of that let's say you bring shepherd back and maybe there's some sort of lazarus project having to do with that but in the intro section of the game you're piecing back together shepherd or you're updating him or whatever and then you get to choose like like character class stuff like we get a little bit of that right with like yeah. the background and the like you know is he, is he biotic is he but like what if that was even more fleshed out and it was in like the intro and that was the justification 
in Mass Effect 2 for why you could pick a new class because of the Lazarus project. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it erased, you know, the rebuilding erased some of Shepard's abilities, but maybe gave him new ones. And, you know, and that was the narrative justification for the gameplay, a choice of being able to rebuild your class again. Um, so maybe, maybe you know, Shepard or whoever the protagonist is, we could see something like that. Uh, I, I don't know how how people would feel about like a Jon Snow type of uh, comeback for Shepard. You know, like he's dead. He's not dead. He's dead. <laughs> he's not dead. He's the chosen one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's Azor High, but he's not actually Azor High. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some Game of Thrones references for those of you who are into that series. We're all over the place today. We yeah. are. Game of Thrones, Elder Scrolls mass effect we were talking about cyberpunk last week and the cyberpunk-esque discussion continues because that's why i, I like set this up away the way that it was we talked about cybernetics first mm-hmm. and now we're talking about the lazarus project i thought we were so done hand-to-hand. i thought we were done with like medical stuff in th- okay so we talked <laughs> about theory uh-huh. last episode and and a general overview but this right here the lazarus project is the most concrete specific example of cyber cybernetics in mass effect right this is where the metal meets the road no the tires meet the train track um the meat meets the plate this is where the cpu meets the chicken breast (laughs) because that is what it looks like in the lazarus project video oh that's true okay i was like what is the connection between these two very different things but you're right you're right because of the whole like you see like the bits of flesh and then the like cybernetic stuff like come combining yeah yes it's yeah. it's it's a interesting animation intro sequence for that video um but you know it is it is what it is and and at the time in 2010 that video was sweet right but it didn't tell us a lot of details about what was actually going on and in terms of established lore of the Lazarus Project itself, now I don't mean how they got there, what happened with Liara leading up to it, I mean the actual project. We know shockingly little, and I think it's just a given that it happened. They spent a lot of money on it, Cerberus did, and you know, lots of cybernetics, you know, Robo, Robo Shepard is, is back, but still Shepard because they didn't mess with Shepard's morality uh, or his brain or memories. Right. But the video shows very clear implementation of cybernetics it looks like they are patching shepherd's bones back together with some metal and wiring and whatnot which i mean if you break your bone now we could still do that now yeah my Um, my uncle got a hip replacement we called him we called him the titanian man (laughs) for a while should start calling him shepherd but yeah and it's not just bones because we have to remember shepherd was spaced Shepard literally was in the vacuum of space and then entered orbit of a planet and descended into the atmosphere, burning up. He was, he was frozen and then he was cooked and then, yeah. Right. He's like the Flash. chicken nugget sitting in my freezer. Hence the chicken breast visual. That's why go. I look. Yeah. And we do have to suspend our disbelief a little bit because 
like we said, Shepard entered atmosphere and burnt up. And through the comics, through other dialogue in the games, we hear that there really wasn't much left of Shepard to recover in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads me to ask the question about how they rejuvenated his tissue so that they even could implement cybernetics. And we see these mysterious vials of liquid that are being kind of like in, injected into the dead flesh that looks necrotic and it looks blackened and flaky. And then all of a sudden Shepard's flesh comes back to life, right. augmented by these cybernetics. Right. Um, Do we want to play the video? Yeah, let's play the video. Let's play the video. Uh, and if you're watching the live stream, you'll see it. I have a feeling if you're listening, it's going to be mostly this music, right? Right. I suppose that we could just narrate it while it's going. You know, yeah. okay, so we're seeing the Shepard has been recovered. Well, Miranda's project proceeds Okay, so we get the announcement there. Commander Shepard has been recovered. CPU installed into dead flesh. We see dead heart inside broken bones of skeleton. And uh, they're focusing on the heart first, it seems. Now they're injecting the mystery liquid into the veins. Mystery liquid. <laughs> it is. It is a mystery liquid. And Look now cool, the eh? veins back to life. We see blood cells come back to life miraculously. They're working on the circulatory system now, injecting more things into the now living tissue, installing the CPU onto the chicken breast. Um, <laughs> and the heart is beating again. That's what we're seeing. And now they're dropping a needle into a vial of what I would assume is sterile, uh, like a <laughs> isopropyl alcohol. Right. And then we get now, the whole skull thing. And then uh, it pauses here and shows yes. us like a readout of like outside stimuli stuff. Showing an awareness oh, of her vitals. Yeah. And uh, Shepard's slowly starting to awaken in and out of consciousness. Up. And first person we see is Miranda. She's not ready yet. Give her the sedative. Shepard, don't try to move. Just lie still. Try to stay calm. Heart rate's still climbing. Brain activity is off the charts. Staff's pushing into the red zone. It's not working. Another dose. Now. Heart rate dropping. Staff's falling back into normal range. That was too close. We almost lost her. I told you your estimates were off. Run the numbers again. Oh, no wonder Shepard's heart rate's increasing. Have you seen Miranda's outfit? (laughs) And all the butt shots that got edited (laughs) out of the Legendary Edition. Um, Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's a cool sequence, especially for being 13 years ago when they when they designed it, you know, this is one of those, like, you see this in video games a lot where you have, and we talked, we talked with our, our interviewee the other day about like creating these animated sequences and that kind of stuff and how some of them are done with the in-game assets. And then some of them are the other team that was actually like doing the more of the CG kind of Hollywood style stuff. And so this, this whole sequence is until we get to the part where Shepard starts to wake up, is not in game at all. It's all extra stuff on the screen oh, yeah. with like cool, you know, animations and all of this kind of stuff. Um, so uh, it's I'm I'm still stuck on the how did they get enough of his body back, <laughs> right? And and yeah, not to mention like okay, so let's say uh, let's just go on a thought experiment here. Your body's f- 
kick the basically explosion happens so you've now got shattered bones and stuff you get ejected into space so now all of the fleshy tissue your skin all of the soft tissue starts to like freeze over immediately and all of those cells begin to die just due to cold and radiation and all the you know the dangers of space right and then that frozen popsicle of a carcass falls into atmosphere at the speed of whatever the gravity's pulling at it with the wind resistance and now it begins to burn up right so you've got all of this happening most of the body in at least what i would expect and i'm not a scientist and i've never fallen through atmosphere before but i would expect that the majority of the soft tissue would just be gone and that would include the brain yeah and um, so even if you had the capabilities of like cloning, let's say you get enough of DNA and you're able to like, oh, well, he's, his arm was mostly destroyed. Let's just clone a new arm. Right. And kind of stick it on the, the stump that was left or whatever. Uh, you can't clone a brain and insert all the memories and personality back into the brain. Well, I think that's where we do get a little bit of an inkling because we do recover Shepard's helmet. So mm -hmm. and the helmet seems to be in one piece, although damaged. Um, so maybe somehow the head was spared from a lot of the physical trauma. And again, maybe it wasn't maybe inside the helmet. It was a total mess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but you could imagine if the helmet survived, there might be other parts of the suit that also protected parts of the body. Sure. Yeah. And there's different parts of his suit that are recovered by different characters like Legion recovering, I believe, Shepard's chest piece. And so and we also see part of Shepard's suit in Liara's quarters uh, in Mass Effect 2, I want to say. Wait, 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 wait. Um, I'm getting OK. So I'm getting let's go on a little a little journey here. I'm getting visions of the trailers and the stuff that we've been teased for the next Mass Effect. And there's that that scene where Liara picks up the N7 emblem. It looks like a piece of an outfit. Yes, it looks like the earpiece on a helmet or earpiece on a helmet. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. OK, so what if that contains DNA on it of Shepard? Because I'm kind of burying the lead here, right? There's a Shepard clone. We've already seen that that's possible. What if the galaxy's in danger? We need our hero back. And the Shepard we play in the next game is clone Shepard. Oh, I don't know if if I don't know if fans would actually like that. I feel like a lot of people would think, give me Shepard, the real Shepard or no Shepard, you know, yeah. but he's um, but like this, this raises the question of like, if how much it's it's uh, Theseus's ship, right? How much of the ship mm -hmm. do you replace before it's the same ship anymore? What if that what if the like, let's go full cyberpunk on this Shepard's memories and personality are downloaded to a computer. So Shepard exists. Edie saves Shepard's mind on, on a data bank somewhere, something like that. Right. And then all you're missing is a body. So you make a new body. You re upload the personality and memories into that new body. Is that a different Shepard or is that or or what if Shepard's like the new Cortana and exists only virtually for the next hero to consult right know. like shepherd's uh, personality shows up on a computer and maybe can get downloaded into a robot body that walks around or something but yeah it's i mean at what point how many okay regular mass effect one physical body regular human 
dude, right? Everything's fine. Totally fine. Mass Effect 2 death through the description that we've just explained and, and the thorough death that that is and is somehow patched together and pieced together with robotics in order to create Shepard new new back alive again Shepard who seems to have the same personality the same memories and has managed to survive that but is basically Darth Vader at this point because most of his body has been replaced right <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, and, and th see, this is why I said in the very first episode of this lore cast, what if that trailer was referencing something that already happened in the past, meaning the two years between Mass Effect one or well, during the, the intro the for two and intro the, for two, the rest of two. Yeah. When Shepard's dead, because what if that was a piece of the armor found on Al Alcara? Of mm -hmm. course, there's other points that we discussed back in that episode why that's probably not the case, but it could have been a reference to that, especially given what we know now that when that trailer was released, the game was not even in pre-production. So yeah, I would be surprised if there was even a one sheet explanation on the narrative of that game. But yeah. there's, there's probably a bulleted list. These are roughly where we want to go with it. This is who the protagonist is going to be. And this might be like the major issue that they have to solve or something like that. Right. Maybe there were so many different references to all of the different Mass Effect games in that initial video that I'm inclined to think again that it was just a hey, you remember this and you remember that part and you remember this part Well, Mass yeah, Effect yeah. is coming back. Right. Um, but ab about the Lazarus project. Like I said, it took a, a lot of money, took over four billion credits to complete. So I don't know if it would be the way they they talk about it with reverence about how much resources went into this. I don't know if it would be even like possible or foreseeable to do this in another Mass Effect game unless it was taken up by someone with equivocal finances and resources of the elusive man. And who is that? The shadow broker. That's Liara. Yeah, it could be the shadow broker, but it also could be the alliance. The government I, has the funding to do something like that. Now, but in a post-war reconstruction, could they justify that expense? If if they were trying to, uh, if it if the situation was dire enough, and they needed the person who was there at the beginning, who was right about the Reapers, who knew what the right things were to do, and they just didn't listen, right? If they need that person to solve that puzzle piece, then. Potentially. I mean, it's it's the government. They've got the funding to do whatever they want. And the government was completely annihilated. It was a joint session of basically their Congress on Arcturus Station. When the Reapers invaded, they were all killed. So maybe uh, the new government would be heavily influenced by the Alliance military or the, the sure. Citadel, the combination of governments or what, what would be left of the combination right. of governments that used to be at the Citadel, like all of that stuff, maybe. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about the Shadow Broker and Cerberus and the Lazarus Project. Maybe Lazarus 2.0 is headed by the Shadow Broker. Well, Lazarus 1.0 has an interesting connection to the Shadow Broker, and that is Miranda's assistant, Wilson, who serves as the chief medical officer for this project. Of course, we know early through Mass Effect 2 that Wilson is a backstabber. That's why I referred to him as Judas earlier. Uh, but And he, he tries <laughs> to Wilson. hack the mechs. Uh, to attack Shepard and kind of kill the whole project. And at first, we don't really know the reason behind that. And Miranda doesn't seem too concerned because she just kills him and says, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but we later learn through the Shadow Broker DLC, through some files at the Shadow Broker's office, before it was Liara, 
that Wilson was an active agent of the shadow broker, right. who we know from the comics that Liara was actively working against to try to secure Shepard's body because the shadow broker had made a deal with the collectors to turn over Shepard's remains to the collectors right. who probably would have thrown it in the incinerator. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but, but it's when we're talking about cybernetics, like we were last week and now we're talking about Lazarus project. I wish, I wish that I could give our listeners more of a clear explanation an actual technical, biological, medical explanation of how these things were explained in the lore, but we just don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just it's not explained. It's not explained. I don't think it needed to be per se. I mean, sure. it's a little anal retentive and actually of me to say, you know, like complain that there wasn't a technical explanation of this. At the end of the day, it's a video game. And I think we were led to kind of suspend our, our disbelief of some of these things in order to advance the narrative. Yeah, that makes sense. I also think it's interesting, just throwing it back to some of the stuff we already discussed, Liara is big on the the Mass Effect 4 imagery. She shows up in the trailer. She also had a lot to do with this time, you know, in between, you know, during the Lazarus Project, bringing Shepard back. The idea that she would be the one going after some piece of him in order to bring him back again. Maybe she just can't seem to quit Shepard. She she can't can't seem to quit Shepard. But, you know, I don't know. Well, we'll, we can leave that part and and move on. Actually, tell you what, why don't we take a break here and we're going to go thank our patrons and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the Lazarus Project and the stuff that we do know. So don't go anywhere. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries. So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever Hulu BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect expressvpn.com slash mass effect to learn more the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling that's it it's that easy it's time to rethink recycling with renew Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. My tongue has been particularly tangly today. It, I keep on saying Lazarus instead <laughs> Lazarus. Mike Tyson joins us on the show. <laughs> Lazarus. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I can't do a Mike Tyson voice, but... And I don't think I want to, because... And probably get punched in the face if I ever saw him. Uh, I hope Mike Tyson is not listening to this show. 
Uh, if you are, hey, thanks for listening to our show, Mike Tyson. Um, also, thanks for being our patrons. And we don't have any new patrons this month, or th- at least this week. <laughs> we have had some this month, none this week. Words are hard. Words are extra hard today. It's been a long week, I guess. But if you would like to join us on the Patreon and take part in our patron chat, which is coming up next week on the 31st, the very last day of the month, Friday the 31st at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, then join us. Go to patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. Check out all the different tiers, lots of different stuff you can get and ways that you can help support the show and also do some cool stuff with us. So uh, we can shout out our Shepherd tier patrons, though, because they're all here. Colkashins, Edboy, Aaron J, Kira C, Lieutenant Ticino, that Spectre J and William, thank you for supporting us as tier five shepherd patrons. You're all the best. And well, everyone's the best who helps us out all 71 of you. So thank you to everybody who helps support the show. Also, we uh, would read out a new uh, review, but we don't have one this week. No new reviews this week. So if you want to help us out and get your words on the show, then leave a five star review on Apple podcasts. Even if you don't listen on Apple podcasts, you can still log in if you have an Apple account and leave a review that way. Also, one other thing, there was an update on Spotify. Normally, I'm just like, we'll drop us a five-star rating on Spotify. Well, it turns out they have updated it, so you know, you can now leave comments on episodes, and by default, the new episodes post a question that says, what did you think of this episode? And so if you are on your phone using the Spotify app and listening to us on there, and your phone has updated. I know some people haven't quite updated yet. They're rolling it out like they did some of the other ro- rollouts. Check it. Check for that. Go look for it. And if you want to leave us some words in there and tell us that what you liked about an episode, please try to be positive because other people will see it. Just like uh, leaving a review. That would be amazing. And um, and if that uh, uh, normally we would read out reviews, but because these work on like a per episode basis, we can't read all of them because that would just be way too many. But we would still appreciate the support. So that's just a complex way of saying if, if you want to help us out, we would really appreciate it. So thank you to everybody for your support and for listening and for just being here. We really do appreciate it. We'll uh, continue the show and talk more about the Lazarus Project without a TH. Here we go. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, we're back. More, more talking about the Lazarus Project. We are. And, you know, you uh, you had brought up the brain. That's so important in the Lazarus Project. And what we later learn is that Miranda wanted to control Shepard. Miranda wanted to mess with the brain and the memories just a little bit enough so that they could com- implant this control chip to put Shepard on a leash. And the elusive man, to his credit, says, nope, we need Shepard as as they were. Yeah. Yeah. So that like we're not going to mess with who shepherd was because mm-hmm. we need shepherd as they were and we're not going to try and control shepherd probably a decision that the elusive man ultimately comes to regret um but that's what we learn in mass effect 3 when we get to the elusive man's headquarters we go through those files and we kind of find out that hey you know miranda wasn't always uh having shepherd's best interests at heart right. and well, she also because she also didn't know him yet true but the elusive man kind of vouches for shepherd in a way that you wouldn't expect from a villain and it gives a nuance to his character right because you're like you know what maybe he really did have the best of intentions 
Yeah. So like there's a few things on that, like from a meta perspective, it's a it's a convenient way of saying, well, if they re if they already installed all these parts in Shepard, how come they didn't just install another part that would control him because it's Cerberus. They want to control everything. Why didn't they do that? So it's a nice out for that. Like, well, if we install the chip in his brain, it's going to mess with his personality. But it does, from an inside lore perspective, give, gives us more insight, like you said, into the elusive man and the fact that he uh, was very pragmatic in that. He knew that if they were to mess with Shepard's personality, it's it wouldn't really be the same person anymore. And that's why they were bringing him back, not because he was, you know, good in a fight, but because of his ability to lead and his decision making and, and his ability to solve problems, all of that, where they wanted his mind intact. Yeah. And I mean, let's just be honest, like Shep- Shepard's heroic actions were due to his or her uh, morality choices, uh, stress under pressure, those kinds of things. Right. And right. It, right. It, maybe it's not an altruistic decision uh, motivating the elusive man behind it. Maybe it's more pragmatic that you just don't want Shepard to be different. But to the the writer's credit, they could have also just written a simple ex- a lore explanation like, well, it just wasn't feasible. It wasn't medically possible because if we did that, then it, then he wouldn't or they wouldn't live. Right. Um, so they right. didn't they didn't say that. Um, and they did think about it after the fact, apparently. Right. Because the explanation came years later in Mass Effect three. Um, yeah. But I have to wonder if sometimes that stuff isn't a response to the Internet's reaction to the previous game. And the questions and things that like people, oh, this there's a plot hole here. Why didn't they do this? And they're like, well, we have an answer for that. We just didn't explain it yet. Right. And how many times have we been doing episodes and then people are like, you know, either in the live chat within the same episode, Mm -hmm. they bring up a point that I have in my notes. It's just a little bit further down. So it's like I'm getting there or they'll be like, when are you guys going to talk about this? And I'm like, well, actually next week. (laughs) Right. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. You can't say all the things all at the same time. Uh, And they can't either. So it, yeah. So to, I don't know, to go back and sum it up, Shepard, it was their personality. It was their mind that was the most crucial thing, which gives yes. it gives you some insight into why even bring Shepard back in the first place. Right. Well, apparently they were uh, Cerberus was under the impression that only only Commander Shepard could lead this investigation into what was happening to the human colonies. And that is why Shepard is technically the leader of a Cerberus cell, yeah. the Lazarus cell. Yeah. Uh, aptly named right and and guess what the project it was taking place on lazarus station uh, so the the whole team the whole suicide squad team in mass effect 2 technically called the lazarus cell and uh shepherd's at the head of it which is why shepherd gets so much leeway with the elusive man right uh and so shepherd brought back ultimately dies again in mass effect 3 but before then you had mentioned why why not why don't they clone Shepard? Well, yeah, that happened. I mean, we yeah. we learned yeah. about that in the Citadel DLC that there was a clone also created through the Lazarus Project. I'm guessing it didn't actually need as much cybernetics. Yeah, I, I get the the picture I get from this is that they took the DNA and created an adult, like they didn't create a baby, like an embryo, still- and then grow it. It was more of they like created an adult like but we don't know that. 
We don't we don't know that. This is just like this is my head cannon, right? This is like yeah. Like how would you do? Like either you create an embryo and then you fast forward its development and growth, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous, or or you do like what you would do if if for example you were to clone a hand, you would probably create a mold and then fill that mold with like I don't know organic goo, organic cells and goo that eventually you would use the DNA in order to organize it in the shape of like an adult hand of the person based on the way the DNA would have grown that hand. Right. And so you do kind of a fast forward, but on, on a, like a very specific level, right? Like you create the bones and then you put the muscles around the bones and then the other tissue and the fat and the flesh and all that stuff around, around the rest of it. And then breathe life into it. Like Frankenstein. I don't know. Um. But like this, I don't know. I uh, I kind of like the idea of like f- like rapidly aging a, a a clone shepherd from baby status, and then like <laughs> I want to see what the clone shepherd at teenage years looked like. Was that awkward? Well, he was like, rebellious and wanted to leave for about a week, but yeah. then that week was was the equivalent of like seven years. <laughs> Right. And maybe like the advanced aging thing is still going on. So like if we had stuck around the clone long enough, we'd start seeing gray hair on Shepard's head. Right. Like, right. Are you OK? You look a little feeble now. He'll only ever like, stick around for a year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. So he's got a limited shelf life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who knows? Like, I, I don't know that that, that that part is not explained at all. But no. we do know that the clone was created for spare organs. And right. that's why I say I don't think there was a lot of cybernetics involved in that because they would want 100% organic organs, right, to, to be able to replace. Because right. if it was cybernetic, then they could just create one without having to go through the process of making a clone. Or you would somehow, I don't know, take the personality part. But that doesn't make any sense because you can't, you know, it like, yeah. The, the putting the mind in a robot thing is where I, where you could go. But if you don't have they, the mind. They couldn't, they couldn't clone Shepard's personality for right. that clone. So that was different. And uh, yeah, we we know that. So that's why I think that like there was enough of Shepard's brain and mind that was preserved somehow <laughs> that made this all feasible, but not to clone the brain and mind because that wouldn't work anyway. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if we get to like real world cloning here, like the Dolly, the lamb, wasn't it called Dolly or, or something like this? The, the first cloned sheep or whatever it was. And that was that was an embryo and it was born and grew up and was a lamb. It didn't start as an adult. And I do know, <laughs> like kind of like last week when I talked about the human uh, ape or monkey hybrid, like I, I don't I, I guess I just read enough articles that like this stuff gets in my mind. I do know that they've been working on doing things like cloning specific uh, organs at like full maturation, like adult organs. So, for example, if you need a liver transplant, you could go to the hospital or the, I don't know, the gut bank or whatever, and they could grow a liver and then just replace your liver with your own liver because it would function. It would be accepted by your body because it's the same exact liver as what you, you know, it's not like getting a transplant from another person where your body might, might reject it or it might be a different blood type or all of that. Right. Um, So I know that there's, there's been work on that. So it's not too far to think ahead and go, well, if you could clone an adult liver or a heart or something like that, then you could clone enough body parts to just reconstruct an entire person as an adult. 
we do know in Mass Effect there are strict strict uh, regulations in Citadel space against cloning. Yeah. But can you imagine in the future you just call up a hospital and you're like, "Yo, uh, my my spleen's damaged. <laughs> I need a new one." And they, they they answer the phone. GTA reference incoming, but they answer the phone. They're like, "I'm Johnny on the spot. You need a new spleen? All right, you got it. <laughs> All right, bringing it over. <laughs> I'm shipping FedEx next day. Next day spleens. Yeah. Thanks for calling next day spleens. spleens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can you imagine? And then like you have to fill out a form explaining why you damaged your last spleen to get insurance to cover it. Yeah. Seeing if you were at fault. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So there's unfortunately just not a lot of lore unto the Lazarus project itself. And I know I already know. I already know a lot of you who are listening to this are going to direct message me or tweet at me and say, <laughs> why didn't you bring up Mass Effect comics and how Liara got Shepard's body? The reason being is because we're going to eventually address those specific comics and episodes unto themselves, or maybe when we talk more about Liara herself, uh, but don't want to uh, spoil anything ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be part of the stuff in the future. Um all right. Anything else we want to cover? This this episode has been a little bit all over the place, but I it's you know, there's just not a ton of actual core stuff there. So th- all we really have is speculation. Four billion credits, a lot of credits. However, I was racking my brain to think about how the elusive man got these right. And there's so there's so many theories about how the elusive man could raise so much money. Number one, Cerberus has shell corporations. We know this. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them are arms manufacturers could funnel money through those. Uh, number two, the space cow. We still don't know how the space cow uh, is connected to anything. And it seems to be sentient because when you turn around and look at it, it stops. It stops stealing from you. But if you if you turn your back to it, it's an accelerating siphon of credits going away from you. Where is that money going? We don't know. It's all going number in his pocket. Number three, and this is a theory that I have not seen on the internet anywhere. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I haven't seen it. But number three, you know how rich you can get in Mass Effect 1 by selling all of the loot that you find? Uh-huh. You can max out the credits at like 999 million credits. It still goes up. The number does still go up past there. It just doesn't display past 999 million. <gasps> what if the elusive man just hacked into Shepard's bank account right after Shepard died and said, you're paying for your own revival. Oh, and thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Like you could hit 4 billion. That's es- yeah. especially if it's canon. And I, I like to think in RPG games, it is canon that this is a story being told after the fact and that the actual character you are playing as did everything possible in the games. Mm-hmm. That the, because if they didn't, then it would be, fictional that you know what i mean it'd be even in-game fictional that they would have done something that they didn't actually do so it's canon that all of the quests all of the loot boxes all (laughs) All of of the things your rpg your character did those everybody pilfered every gun sold for scrap like if you can do it then the character canonically did it then if that's the case the canon shepherd has like i don't know how many billion credits <laughs> wow maybe you need to do a <laughs> your next playthrough you've done neutral shepherd maybe you should do greedy shepherd greedy shepherd does the selfish choice every time right he's just he's just in it for the money just for the credits so, 
it's funny you should bring that up about the next playthrough because I already have my next playthrough on stream decided. By the way, for everyone uh, that's interested, I just began Neutral Shepherd in Mass Effect 3. It's not going well. There's no <laughs> neutral options. I am often having to flip a coin. So this is going to be more like Volatile Shepherd in Mass Effect 3. And <laughs> no, like there's like nine or ten characters that are just not going to be around because he was too neutral and apathetic. But my next playthrough, I've heard about something new, a mod in Mass Effect called the Mass Effect Randomizer mod. Oh. It doesn't just randomize the enemies. It doesn't just randomize the loot and other gameplay elements. It randomizes some things in cinematics. Oh man, so, that's nuts! <laughs> that's crazy. I've seen some 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 cuts. Uh, I don't know how heavily they were edited. I don't think they were. I think it's just straight from the mod, where it's Saren and Benezia talking on that scene on the ship, mm -hmm. but the roles are reversed, and so <laughs> be, so Benezia, the model for Benezia has Saren's voice and is doing all of the blocking of Saren's character and the right. animations, right. and vice versa for Saren acting as Benezia with Benezia's voice. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, well, definitely let us know when you start that. That's kind of it's similar. You and I tried out the um, the co-op Elden Ring mod, but then with a randomizer which is insane because bonkers yeah because you go fight like you get through the tutorial section and you go fight the boss which is just like a really tough soldier and we got like the fifth hardest boss in the game <laughs> we got the twins um yeah that's nuts the randomizers are so crazy oh i can't wait i can't wait for like the, the the final boss fights at the end of each mass effect game i don't know if there's a mass effect 2 randomizer um, oh, but the thing be. is like every scene in the cutscenes seems to be randomized. So you're going to get cinematics that you're like, what the hell is going on? Right How now? is Hackett on the ship? What is, <laughs> you know, or just, yeah, it'll be like, it'll be like, you, go, you do one of the romance scenes. It ends up being somebody else. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no. The Lazarus project. They're not even reviving Shepard. Right. <laughs> it's just someone else. Thank you, Miranda. We're back. Miranda. <laughs> There's two Mirandas and you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And Shepard's face seems to be randomized in every one of these playthroughs. So oh, it's it amazing. Looks it looks terrible. It's like a different person, but also absolutely just like hitting the random button on your character creation. Oh, that's Pretty amazing. Much, yeah. That's amazing. All right. Well, anything else about the Lazarus project? Not specifically about the Lazarus project. <laughs> okay. I think, you know, we'll we'll cover this more in depth, like I said later, because the real interesting parts about this are how Liara obtained Shepard's body and then what happened after that. But that is a story for another day. Uh, and and we will soon next week or next month after the patron chat, mm -hmm. we're going to be talking more about Miranda specifically. Yeah. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And if you would like to join us on the Patreon chat, then you've got a week to sign up. And if you are already signed up, then let us know what you want to talk about. Start posting some stuff in the discord. We'll get some conversations going about the topic next week. And thanks again for tuning in everybody. And you want to remind people where to check out your streams? Yeah, uh, Twitch and Twitter at N7TheLegend. And uh, yeah, you can catch my streams there. My goal is to stream every Thursday and Saturday, but work's been so busy that Thursday streams often get the uh, can, but I'm still streaming twice a week. Awesome, awesome. And if you want to check out the live shows, they're on my channel, the Robots Radio channel on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Robots Radio. And uh, you know, a bunch of other podcasts at RobotsRadio.net. All sorts of fun things for you to check out. So go take a look. We, we're throwing all the content onto the internet and you're, you can just walk around and pick up whatever you want. So thanks for being here, everybody. Chat, thanks for being here. And we will see you next week. 
stay safe out there in the galaxy. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at Mass Effect Lorecast at gmail.com.